This episode is brought to you by Monday Hair Care. A big thank you to our amazing sponsor, Monday Hair Care, for not only allowing this podcast to happen, but for taming my huge frizzy pregnancy hair with their amazing best-selling line, Smooth, and giving some of my bigness to Emma with their volume shampoo and conditioner. Their products are free from SLS and parabens and are Leafing Bunny approved, which is the gold standard for cruelty-free beauty internationally. Monday's available in more than 30 countries, is the number one hair care brand on TikTok, and has won loads of beauty awards. Head to mondayhaircare.com to find out where you can get your hands on their beautiful pink bottles. Thanks, Monday. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 11 of Takeaways Podcast with me, Alex, from Alex's Kitchen Story, and my lovely co-host, Emma, coming to you live from... (laughs) (laughs) Not having anything today. (laughs) From King's Cross, (laughs) drinking the same drink that I was drinking when we recorded last week, and it's now gotten a bit vinegary and I'm not loving delicious I'm not loving the concoction are you drinking the wine from the offie deal from last week yes oh yeah and uh, you know unsurprisingly it's gone off faster than one might expect yeah that doesn't surprise me to be honest how are you today I'm clearly a bit frazzled you've had a bit on I've had a bit on family hosting parents are still in town we're flying to Rome today divine back at work today and just been given a massive thing to do that I am sort of stressed about and you know what it's going to be fine for the next hour I don't need to worry about anything just just chatting to you shit chat for the next hour how good shit chat for the next hour that sounds so nice to be fair <laughs> that sounds really nice I got my coffee here to wake me up well would you like to kick us off with what you had for dinner tonight I mean tonight last night well last night I just had a, one of those tikka masala like pies for breakfast from the office because I was running late for this and starving hot hungry starving hot <gasps> wow I think we're getting worse at this I honestly thought we'd get better each week and I I feel like I'm getting worse I had that and then for dinner last night went to flat iron with my parents which is so nice oh yeah so you got in we got in I tried to book it yesterday I said this to Alex and they said they'll finally got they're like we might have space for a walk-in we came in it was literally three quarters empty <laughs> It was really nice. The, the sides have definitely gotten smaller. I hadn't been since COVID. Since oh, COVID. really? Yeah, but it was all really, really nice. We got the we each got a steak, flat iron steak, and then creamed spinach salad, aubergine parmigiana, and the beef dripping fries. Which yeah, were a little bit cold, but everything else was absolutely delicious. And then they gave us a little free ice cream. Oh, yes, I love how they do that. It's so cool. It's so cute. We should actually do it more for like girls' catch up dinners. Go there. Yeah. It's great value. It's not great for vegetarians, is the only thing. Yeah. Sorry, girls. A little bit limited. As we say, though, fit in or fuck up. No, we don't don't say that to people with dietary requirements. (laughs) It is a great saying, that saying, though. It's a great saying. But yeah, that was really nice. And just before that, we'd had some lovely nibbles for your baby shower slash birthday. Yes. So yesterday we had... um, I. Sam and I just booked a room in a pub and had everyone for our baby shower, which also happened to be on my birthday. So I got to see everyone on my birthday, which was so nice. One of our friends, as soon as she arrived, was like, is it weird that you're hosting an event sober? And I was like, well, now it is. (laughs) I hadn't thought about it. Well, as if you're taking advantage of people, like getting them all wasted. That's so No, weird. I think she just thought it would be like awkward for me to be sober, the only sober person at an event <laughs> I'm hosting. I was like, great, thanks. It's really thrown me. I'm dying to know who that was now. <laughs> you weren't the only sober person there, though. There were like 100 people. Yeah, true. There were not 100. 
yourself there are a couple. <laughs> so yeah, lots of pregnant girls there and then one little baby. Yeah. And then we had a baby there too who's so cute. He's the cutest little man. Love him. I think Sam was so good with him, like just dying to hold him and like he absolutely adores him. He's gorgeous. He is cute. I know. It makes me excited to like have a baby when I see other babies. Sam actually said to me, I think I've said yeah. this on the pod before, but um, Sam actually said to me once, what are you most excited for to be a mum? And I was like, you know when kids just want to go back to their mum and then I'll get to be the mum <laughs> that the kid wants to go back to? That's what I'm most excited for. I want to feel needed. Yeah. He was like, wow, you're crazy. It is. It does look like a nice feeling like when the baby was going back to his mum yesterday and I was like, that must be a nice feeling, but also quite exhausting, quite a lot of pressure. Like my sister's kids only want to be around her. Yeah, really hard. Like they're obsessed with, with her. They love their dad too, but they are like so dependent on her, which would be quite like hard, I think. Definitely. She does it so well. Definitely. I think as well, like mums always say whenever they have a day away from their kids that they, they love the freedom of not being clawed at all day. Because they always want to like sit on you and sit beside you and grab you and suck your boobs and you know that sounded really sexual. That's not what I meant. <laughs> For food <laughs> to be fed, they they go to the toilet with you. Like they want to do. Like you don't do. Like yeah. I thought having a dog was bad, but from rumor has Honestly, it, kids are even worse. Having a dog, like um, my parents' dog Rupert. He's a cocker spaniel. Absolutely love him. He is the best dog ever. But he is exhausting the way he follows you around the house. And for some reason, it's hard to explain how exhausting it is. But it, it just is. Like, it's just draining having this dog. Like, you just, like, get up off the couch and they, like, jump off and stare at you. And you're like, oh, my God, chill. I'm going to the toilet. <laughs> it's like that meme that's, like, dot, it's like you down the party. Like, you sit. Oh, my God, sorry. I'll cut that. <laughs> it's more like, don't leave me, don't leave me. Oh, yeah, that's annoying. I'm ready. I'm ready. Please, please take me with you. Yeah. Well, because apparently do- well, the reason dogs are so needy and why they get so stressed when you leave the house. Concept of time. Time permanence, exactly. So they, if you leave the house, they're like, cool, she's gone forever. And because they're pack animals, a dog would only ever leave its pack if it had to or there was something wrong. Oh. So they get really confused why we always just hit the road. <laughs> Like really traumatic for them. They think something's gone terribly, terribly, terribly wrong. wrong. Yeah. And then they don't know, like it could be 30 days, it could be 30 minutes. They can't tell the difference. The best thing about having a dog, though, is that when you come home, they're just so delighted to see you. Yeah. They like know. they just couldn't be happier. And it, like, it's just so cute. It's really cute. Well, you do feel so, you feel conversely so guilty when you do leave the house. Yeah. Yeah. Very like, true. Paralyzed by guilt. Absolutely, and I feel it would be the same when you um, leave your children. children. Or actually, Definitely. to be fair, you probably not resent your children more, but they take more from you, so you're probably more like, when you do go out, you're like, fuck you guys, I'm out. <laughs> do you know? Like, maybe. I'll let you know. <laughs> God, I'm like, I'm hoping one day I'll get more maternal. I'm maternal around babies, but then when I sit back and think about it, I'm like, I don't know if I am yet. Maybe one day. No, that's totally fair. My mum said she had never, ever thought about kids, like whether she wanted them, whether she was having them. And she turned 30 and it hit her over the head and she had four. And 30 is quite young, really. Not not there, though. <laughs> she was an old <laughs> wench. <laughs> she was old. Like, even when Dad came around saying, he was like, oh, thank because I'm looking after their luggage. Um, till we go to the room and now he was like, oh, thanks for looking after your old fossils. It's like, oh, oh that that's so cute. He's still listening to the pod, still finds it funny, still finds my language horrendous. <laughs> Can imagine. God, Fair feedback. <laughs> As to you. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, I had for dinner last night. Thanks for asking. <laughs> five Guys. Yum, you love Five Guys. I love Five Guys. My birthday dinner, got myself a burger. I was absolutely exhausted by the end of the day. A few people came back here and we opened some more presents and chilled for a little bit. Oh my God, can we talk about what else did you receive? This is my favourite thing. What did I get? I got, oh my gosh, I should tell everyone. Yes. I got my Artie Pope baby carrier Woo! from all the girls, which was the best gift ever. I was so, so, so excited. We also got a Stoke or Stocky, I'm not sure how to say it, um, high chair and newborn attachment from Sam's family and my newborn family. Newborn attachment. Oh yeah. my God. <laughs> Sounds like a Sims expansion pack. <laughs> it is. It is. Okay, sorry, yeah, Carol, that's lovely. I got like muslins. I got a Sophie the Giraffe toy. Um, what else did I get? I honestly can't remember. Oh, like little onesies. Um, there was so much stuff. People were so, so, so generous. Like there was like a full table of gifts, which was like the most exciting thing in the entire world. The present table was so glorious. It was like something out of a movie. It was so cool. I was so <laughs> thrilled. I took so many pictures of it in all different lights throughout the day. We are chilled and we are not materialistic. <laughs> um, I also got some really cute kids books. Yeah, people were so amazingly generous and it was so fun opening up, opening everything up. I did some at the pub um, in front of people. And because then we... We bullied you into it. Yeah, everyone made me. And then it all got a bit too much for me and I had to do the rest at home in the privacy of my own home. I didn't want to like make everyone stop like what they were doing and come and watch me open gifts for like half an hour. It feels so awkward. If you like everyone watched that, I can so see why you would not. Yeah. Um, but no, it was such a nice day. And then, yeah, afterwards I sent Sam down the road to Five Guys and he bought me back a burger and we oh. had them on the couch. And I was absolutely shattered like so yeah. exhausted and sam got three burgers so he got one for us each and a third to share and then he was like opening up the third one and he was like okay should we cut it in half like do you want to share this one and i was like i don't need any more food i haven't been singing pints all day like you have like i'm absolutely fine thanks <laughs> Well, speaking of dinner, who do you want to host or not host this week for dinner? I was a bit stuck this week and then I thought about, I was like, what do I want to know and who do I want to know it from? And I thought about my favourite author, whose name is Lisa Markland, and she's a Swedish thriller author, like a Swedish crime writer, and she is amazing. And I was like, why would I not want to know all the secrets to my favourite book series, which is her Annika Beetson uh, they're, they're the best books I've ever read, I think. They're so easy. They're so gripping. They're really well translated from the Swedish. Like you don't lose anything. It's not clunky. And there's like nine or 10 books and you just really, it's it's one of those series that you just, and often crime series are like this where you care so much about the main person. And that's what's like the well treat books. It's like they keep you really uh, engaged because you start to care so much about the characters and they're fantastic books. I'd recommend them to absolutely everyone yeah, so I want to have her for dinner and I'd make her some things Swedish and I would make her some, I don't know, herring. What about Swedish meatballs from Ikea? <laughs> I could do that for her. Yeah, I'd love to have her and just absolutely pick her brain. She's incredible. That's a great answer. Oh, who's that? <laughs> Is it the cat? <laughs> I thought there was an animal in the room and Sam. <laughs> <laughs> he was on his hands and knees crawling. <laughs> He's obviously concerned about 
<laughs> being caught on camera. Oh, Mr. Sam. Yeah, so funny. I was like, oh, my God, the cat's back. He'll have to make a cameo one day. Yeah, we'll bring him in, ask him some questions. One day we'll start doing guests. Oh, my God, do you know how many people ask? Like, every single person you meet, A, says, you have an interaction, they go, are you going to tell this story on the pod? Or B, when are you going to bring in guests? Um, never and probably never. <laughs> and if I do, it won't be you. Like People are like, oh, I bet you'll talk about this. Please don't talk about this on the pod. I'm like, no, I'm not going to. <laughs> not to worry. <laughs> not to worry. Actually, although, sorry, I will say, someone did say you can mention this on the pod and this is the one time I said I would. Can I tell you a story? Yes. So this is a girl we know as boss. And we actually, you and I both know her. Her boss's friend went to yeah. Turkey to get her boobs done. Yeah. Because obviously, I don't, you know, a lot of people go there for like cheap surgery. It's good, usually good quality. Uh, kind of like the Thailand to New Zealand is the Turkey to England. And then she came back to England and she had heaps of pain in her abdomen. And she was like, this is so weird. She spoke to them and they said, that's super normal. And then after a couple of weeks, she was like, this can't be normal. Went to her GP and they said, go to the, doc- go to the emergency room right now. They had taken her kidney during the operation and she had a tiny keyhole scar and she had asked them about it after the surgery and they said oh we had to take some fat out to like make your implants look natural <gasps> oh my god and then she tried to contact the company obviously gone absolutely no trace of them and like the, the organ is sold and now she's lost a kidney and this is someone we actually know like that is beyond messed up how scary so do not go and get things done in turkey please or stay awake the whole time (laughs) (laughs) yes or be hyper alert (laughs) feel everything but how scary is that and now she's kidneyless well one kidneyless that's terrifying because that can actually have a huge impact on your life losing a kidney like often you can't drink and you can't yeah can't play contact sport that wouldn't be an issue for me oh no (laughs) take my eyes but not my contact sport (laughs) Oh no, I can't exercise. That's horrible. Oh clear. <laughs> oh my god, that is terrifying. So that is the story I did say. I actually will be sharing that. Thank you so much. Well, maybe we can have that surgeon for dinner one week and figure out what happened to the kidney and how much he got paid for it. That's the thing. If you were gonna lose a kidney, you'd at least want to get the money for it. Like it would that would really, really annoy me that someone else benefited off it and I didn't even get paid. You were such a capitalist. That would literally never occur to me. What was it the other day that someone said to you, God, if the capitalist has lost? I said uh, we went to the park and this guy was concerned that his dog was pregnant. And I was like, how did the dog get pregnant? They hadn't had a spade. And I was like, how did the dog get pregnant? And he was like, oh, well, you know, it could have been like any dog really in the park that, you know, hadn't been um, had his balls chopped off yet. And I was like, well, you won't make much money from the puppies unless you work out who the father is. And he was like, that's the least of my concerns. <laughs> my dog is mystery pregnant. <laughs> yeah. I don't care about the puppies. He was like, I'm worried about the health of my dog, not about how I'm going to sell the pups for profit. I was like, I was honestly so mortified. I went bright red and I was like, of course. But to be fair, he was letting his dog eat rubbish that day. So I don't know how much he was bothered about the health. So well, good. Can I ask you? Because I always forget to ask you. So, and now, who, who are you using for dinner? Um, this week, I'm going to have the sister of Ruby Frank. Do you know her? Who's Ruby Frank? Please, wax lyrical. Tell me. A dear friend. No, not a dear friend. <laughs> <laughs> 
so I am totally obsessed with this case at the moment. It's all over TikTok, but I've also just been reading it on literally every single news outlet. And it's one of those situations where I keep reading um, like Daily Mail, BBC, Sky to try and get more information, but everyone's just repeating the same stuff. So I don't get yeah. any new information, but I just can't get enough of it. She was a, so Ruby Frank was a YouTuber who taught a strict parenting style but she filmed her and her kids constantly and was putting them up all over YouTube with this really really strict parenting like she made her kids make all their lunches themselves every day before school and her six-year-old one day forgot to make her lunch and on the way to school was like I've forgotten my lunch well no maybe the teacher called and was like oh she's forgotten her lunch and she was like good I hope she goes hungry and then she'll learn a lesson never to forget to make her own lunch again the girl is six Jesus and she's posting this all over YouTube it's so mean no shame she had 2.3 million subscribers to her channel on this like horrible strict parenting style anyway the other day a little boy climbed out a window of a house and he had tape marks. A little boy. A li- like a young boy. Had tape on his wrists and ankles and had like all these deep lashings and wounds all over him. And went to the neighbor and he was totally malnourished, hadn't had no food and water for days. And it turns out it was either her child, to be confirmed, her child or her business partner's child. And the other kids were also tied up in the house. And she's a full on child abuser. Holy shit. Which. I know does happen and is so, so, so sad and creepy that it happens. But the fact that she's so shameless that she's had it on YouTube for so many years, treating her children terribly, and then is also taking it even further behind closed doors and encouraging other parents. The whole thing has just blown my mind. And like, you can see it all over TikTok because there's so many like horrible videos that people have dredged up from her channel, which is now closed, of her just being like the most awful, disgusting person. She lives in Utah. She's got three sisters um, and one of the sisters has come out and said like, please respect our privacy. But we've also, it's been years and years of us trying to get help for these children. And the best thing is, is that they now have help. So I want to have the sister for dinner because she sounds like a good person, obviously doesn't condone what her crazy sister was doing. And I want to understand what the hell was going on. Were they religious? I think they said that they were ex-Mormons maybe, or maybe they are still Mormons, but it doesn't look like they're like sort of fundamentalist at all, just pretty bad Christians. Uh, (laughs) That is awful. Yeah. But like a fascinating case. But how did help not come when the sisters had tried? It sounds like the neighbours had tried as well, like people would put in a lot of police reports, but every time the police had gone around, they'd never found any evidence of anything. Oh, so she's crafty with that. Yeah, so I think it's one of those situations where unless they've got evidence, they can't just go around arresting people. But yeah, they obviously now have a huge case against both her and her business partner. I'd quite like to know what's happening with the husband too. There was one report saying that they weren't together anymore one report saying there was the eldest daughter who's 18 who's also estranged from the family put up a post on her instagram story of um all the cop cars outside her house being like finally holy so this woman had first of all my question is 2.3 million subscribers to a super strict parenting page do you think that this super strict parenting is a way for parents to kind of take a back seat like if you're making your kids make their lunch at six you're kind of divesting responsibility. Like it sounds like you might be like, oh, strict parenting is good for kids, but actually maybe you're just lazy and you're putting the onus on the children instead of where it shouldn't be, which is with you. 
I think I know what you mean, but I think it's a way of having control over every single situation because you're essentially setting your children up to fail by at six years old telling them they have to make their lunch every single day. Another example was she said to her daughter, so she's filming this the whole time, and she's like said to her daughter, um, let's go to the movies tonight. And the little girl's honestly, I would say about four or five, and she's like, oh, what movie should we? What movie is it? And she loses it and is like, say sorry to me. If somebody asked me to go to the movies, I'd never question them and ask what movie it is. Um, oh you should just God. say, yes, please. Um, then she calls a babysitter in front of her and tries to get the babysitter to come around and leave her at home, threatens to leave her at home and not take her to the movies because she was so ungrateful. So I think it's just like a way of constantly setting your kids up to fail, like finding reasons to be angry with them and punish the four-year-old. Of course, I've just been with a four-year-old. Of course, she, she asks questions. I know. Why are you trying to make children an adult, like a fully grown adult? I would ask that if you said, do you want to go to a movie tonight? 100%. Said, <laughs> but that's just a way of being dominant, you know, just dominating the situation and being in, and being fully in control of the situation, you know, because people are forever failing around you. Those poor, poor, poor kids. I it know. sounds like that, um, that family, where were they? Do you remember the family and the girl escaped? And the police find her on the street and she's like, uh, I need help, I need help. My family are chained up in the bedrooms, the children are chained up in the bedrooms. Oh, and the gosh. police, let me just double check the name. And the family was hyper-religious, had 12 children, um, Turpin, Jordan Turpin. And she escaped and the police were, the police got a lot of flack because they were really skeptical. They were like, are you on any medication? And she hadn't learned, her parents hadn't taught her the word for medication. Oh, yes, I do remember this. Yeah, and the police were like really dismissive until she showed them photos on her little flip phone that she'd taken of her sisters in chains. And then they were like, okay, all right, okay, there's something here. And then they went to the – and I watched the parents' like arrest video and they went in and couldn't find – it's it's absolutely hideous. It sounds like it happens quite often. So they had 12 kids, really, really religious. They had them all in the house, so there's obviously no record of the children with the state. So no one's checking up on them when they're not going to school. Exactly, exactly. And she was 18. She had the like, physiology of an 11-year-old. And then someone wrote the book Girl A, and it's kind of loosely based on them, but set in England, which is oh, really yeah. good about like, yeah. the super religious family and kids getting chained up. But sounds like it happens not – it's not that uncommon. Like how – I think it's just that America has such a massive population that you're always going to find these really crazy cases because their population is just – huge you know it's hard for us to imagine even if it's one in a million it's 336 exactly yeah so i don't think it's that it's that common it's just that it does happen in a population of that size you've got more crazies more crazies and more people who think that they know what's best if that's via religion or via a youtube channel yes people who think that they can tell everyone else what to do 2.3 million subscribers to videos i know that makes child abuse It's not actually child abuse, but like it may as well be. Do you know what I mean? Like the way she's treating them is so terrible. Psychological, just because it's not like smacking. Well, yes, I guess it's not. I guess it's not physical abuse, but it is emotional abuse, 100%. So they don't know whose kid it is. Well, the media don't yet. I assume the police probably do. So I I honestly can't get enough of it, which I know is a horrible thing to say about a child abuse case, but I'm (laughs) completely intrigued by it. No, there's something weird about the really gory, bad stuff that does. It does hook you in, like a horror movie. I think it's because it's just so unrelatable that you're just like, how on earth have you ended up 
having so many children when you're just such an evil person. I've said this before, and this is probably controversial, but I genuinely think before you can get pregnant, you should have to like jump through the hoops that adoptive parents do. You know, that woman should not be able, should not have been allowed to have yeah. children, and now she has this many that she's abused. Like, yeah. you should have to go through, I know it's a biological right, but also so many people who shouldn't be parents are parents. Well, good luck Im- implementing that. I'll see how you get off. <laughs> but I agree. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Just there's so many bad people out there. Anyway, it's a dark turn. Anyway, what are you watching or reading this week? This week I am watching. I'm going back to my roots, some comfort after the craziness of the last few weeks and starting Shit's Creek again. Oh, so good. My favorite show. So funny. The writing is immaculate. Like I can't believe it really is. how funny it is. And it's quite, you know, it's probably the first season would have been like 10 years ago and they're so, so funny, so witty. What's your favorite episode? I'm a sucker for love and romance and I love the final episode the wedding the playing simply the best acoustic like actually no my favorite would be when Patrick sings acoustic simply the best to David at the talent show like it makes me cry every single time I love oh, it I didn't love that oh I felt it so cute because oh, oh he was so worried it was so nice I just love it I love the characters I love the character development Johnny Rose kind of reminds me of my dad he's always in a suit he's very yeah proper. Yeah. He's always trying to control his insane family. Yeah. And look, more, you know, mum mum shows some traits. Um, she's <laughs> very dramatic and very entertaining. But no, I just, I I, I absolutely love it. And I love that it was, um, tr- you know, it trundled away for seven seasons, not under the radar, but not yeah. hugely well known. Yeah, totally. Netflix picked it up and it won Emmys. It won so many People's Choice Awards. It was, I think, the first time a son and a father had won an Emmy on the same night. Oh, that's it was, so cute. Just, which is scary because it does kind of show that you need the platform, even if you've got all the talent. Like, you'd hope that the talent would just win through. But I could just watch it over and over again. I want them to make a movie of it where Alexis and Ted get married. That would be so cute. Yeah, I just love it. So I'm rewatching that and I haven't read a single thing. Great. I'm pleased to hear that. That makes me feel much better about the fact that, yet again, I'm still not reading. What are you What are you watching? I am still watching Gossip Girl. I'm totally addicted to it now. Every time I watch it, it just gets better and better. Hang on. What's your favourite Shit's Creek episode? My favourite Shit's Creek episode is the finale of season one where they all come together in the barn party and they're dancing to Precious Love. Oh, that's such a good one. I love it when they all come back together. Or actually the other favourite one is when they is when Johnny tries to throw the Christmas party and they all say no and then they bring him back from the bar yes. and everyone's there and they've decorated yeah, that's a great one. And actually, my other favorite one is one of the first episodes of one of the seasons where David has gone to live with that that family. What are they? <laughs> the Amish, family. the Amish family, <laughs> and they like want him to leave, and they're like hating having him. That's my other favorite one. Sorry, Gossip Girl. Do you have a favorite episode of that? No, I don't. But I'll tell you when I get to the end if there is one. I do actually love the Thanksgiving episode where they all throw down their napkins and walk away. <laughs> it's such a good episode. It's so dramatic. There's like so many different fights going on between all of them and they all like get up one by one. Like they like have like an interaction with whoever they're beefing with and then throw down the episode and they're like, I'm not happy. And like, or like 
I'm not hungry anymore and throw down their napkin and get up and walk away. It's on YouTube. It's so funny. I sometimes go and watch it just for lols. I'm confident of you on YouTube. I would. I do want to start watching it from the beginning as well. I'll send it to you. They did, used to have it on Netflix here. I remember Didn't when they? I went home for my surgery, I'd watched all of it up to like halfway through the final season and then came back to London and it wasn't there. And I was, oh, that's rude. Yeah, the state. It is rude. It is very rude. Netflix, thank God, it's on there now. Um, what do you want to buy this week? Okay, this is so, so ungrateful. With the traveling and with losing my bag and using all the random products, I've, I've had such bad breakouts. And also, bad back, I'll use that excuse, but also I just hate carrying stuff and carrying really heavy bags. My shoulders are so tight. My traps are out of control. And like my back just feels really, really bad at the moment. So I'd love, a, I'd love to buy a spa day. I want to get a deep, deep cleansing facial to purge all of this madness and um, like a deep tissue massage for upper and lower back and just work out, work out those knots, you know? That actually sounds so nice. And it's such an indulgence. Like that is not something that you should, you know. I've been going on like, well, I've been going on voucher and looking at stuff that's like <laughs> non-surgical, like eyelid lift. And I'm like, oh, and I'm like, no, don't distract us. What's a non-surgical eyelid lift? Right? Aren't you curious? I am. Do they just tape it up for you and you walk out the door? <laughs> <laughs> Tiny bit of tape. <laughs> there you go. Wasn't that worth 170 pounds? Is that how much they are? Well, I looked up Harley Street, like non-surgical lifts, and they were 800 pounds. And then this one was 170, and I thought, Ooh, better not. Mm-hmm. But they like laser your eyelids so that they go tight. I don't know. Oh, I didn't do it. That sounds great. I could be into that. Yeah, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't curious. But then I wonder how long it lasts. Would you not just be better to go get the surgery option and have it done for life? True. That scares me, though. They cut your eyelids right open. Do they? How scary for the surgeon, too, to like make a slice across your eyelids and then like quite high risk, like a slit down the middle, Ugh. like shutters. You'd be able to see the eye. Both sides. (laughs) Anyway. That would be so gross. That's a huge problem. I don't know how surgeons do it. I like, Dad used to watch surgery videos over breakfast in the morning and I was just like, this is so incredibly disgusting. Like, I couldn't do it. How do you just look in someone's body? Like, the room would be spinning for me, that's for sure. Same. I pass out when I see that stuff. Like, how do you... How are you going to cut someone open and just like look inside? The- I guess you'd just compartmentalize it, wouldn't you? You wouldn't really be thinking about the fact that it's a human being. You'd just be like, this is work. Get in there. Yeah. And my housemate, who's a surgeon as well, said that he, so I was like, how do you do it? Like, how disgusting. He said, you get really desensitized to it. Yeah. Mm. I, I don't, I don't buy that. I don't buy that. Sorry. If I've got to have a vacuum cleaner to suction up your blood mid-surgery, I'm, I'm hitting the floor. <laughs> I don't care. I'm not desensitizing. Sam is so bad with blood. And his sister was staying with us over the weekend and she kept saying to him, like, Sam, you're going to really need to learn some breathing techniques before Alex goes into labor because we can't have you fainting on the floor while she's giving birth. And I was like, oh, my God, that's going to happen, isn't it? Like all the doctors will be worried about Sam who's passed out on the floor and I'll be delivering my own baby on the bed. Can you imagine? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, A, you do want to deliver your own baby. Yeah, I actually do. And yeah, I, I love that. I can see that for you. But B... Sam, that's super common, that dad's fate. Is it? Because oh. they're pussy all. Yeah, it's very common <laughs> for dads to pass out. I've seen so many videos of red stuff where the doctors are like, oh, you know, to the dad, like, you need to sit down, you need to sit down. And they like, don't, and they just hit the deck. Like, oh, gosh. 
you'd be like, thanks, mate, wouldn't you? Like, I am literally pushing a child out my vagina and you are out cold on the floor because you can't deal with this. Literally, I'm tearing hole to hole here and screaming <laughs> and you are on the floor distracting from my medical attention. Get a grip. If anyone has any stories on their partner's passing out in the delivery room please can you send them to us to read out on here we would love to hear it's embarrassing like i do think women are made of stronger stuff definitely a thousand percent no doubt in my mind as they say if men can get pregnant you can get an abortion at a gas station like i just don't think that they're cut out for the same stuff that we go through And now, what would you like to buy? I would like to buy this week some heatwave maternity clothes. I'm actually just reading that from my um from my <laughs> from our Excel. I probably should have like not read it out and thought about what I've been written. Uh yeah, it's a heatwave this week. It's going to be like highs of thirty every single day. And oh, is heatwave not a brand? No, yeah, sorry. I mean, like the that's why I laughed when I read it out because I was like, it's so literal. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, heatwave, random. It sounds like a wetsuit yeah. from like a bikini company. <laughs> it's a subsidiary of Billabong. <laughs> I was going to say, what was it? Hot, hot. What was that swim brand when we were younger? I can't remember. Hot wave. Yeah, something hot like wave. that. No. Quick wave. Quicksilver. No. No. <laughs> yes, Quicksilver was one. Hot, not hot body. That was hot the bikini shop. Oh, okay. no. Anyway. No. Please write in. Please tweet yeah, us. Yeah, if you know. Um, yes, I just want some stuff to wear during the heat wave because all my clothes now either just don't fit me or are not floaty enough. Like even the singlet that I'm wearing right now, it's quite skin tight these days, you know, and I need just something that's just not touching my skin. I've finally moved to the point in my pregnancy where I am finding everything really hot. Today, I have all the curtains and shutters closed like a European in the whole house Sam's like I don't think this is necessary Alex it's like oh, I have 25 today I'm like I do I cannot deal with the heat it's right now super super hot out there today also you've got 30% more blood in your body right now exactly. than him so he can take a long walk off a short pier exactly so yeah I want I really need but then the problem is is that the heat wave lasts for a week do you go out and buy a floaty singlet and some shorts that fit for you one week two new dresses oh my god don't tell me that I love dresses Yes, and you can rotate them. That way you don't have to buy four pieces. I'd wear a dress every single day if I had to, if I could, I mean. Yeah. So that's what I want to buy. Okay, moving on to letters from the fan, our favourite section. <laughs> Singular. <laughs> As always. This is a really lovely and super moving message, um, which I'm so grateful we received. Hi, girls. Massive fan of the pod from day one and longtime Alex's Kitchen Story fan from lockdown two. Oh. I just wanted to send a big thank you to you guys for producing such a hilarious, easy listen. I was diagnosed with breast cancer this week and have had to do some big, scary scans. And in my PET scan this morning, I was told I just had to lie there with, God forbid, my own thoughts. <laughs> Love that. Um, for an hour. God forbid we lie with our own thoughts for an hour. <laughs> I expressed my concern with that and the doctor told me I could listen to a pod, so I immediately put on takeaways and instead instead of spiraling for an hour, I was laughing like I was at drinks with the girls. Please keep up the incredible vibes. My questions for the pod are, Alex, what is your favourite and favourite meals slash snacks that has no added refined sugars? And Emma, how did you find moving to London with Law? Did you have to get readmitted over there, etc.? My partner and I are pretty keen to make the move over from Sydney once this is all over. Such... 
a vulnerable and amazing message. Thank you so, so much for sending it in and um, so sorry to hear what you're going through, but wishing you from both of us the absolute best of luck and we know you'll battle it like a trooper and get through it. To answer your question, my favourite meal and snack that has no added refined sugars. I am not a huge snacker, to be honest. I don't like often snack I think I eat quite big meals and so I tend not to snack that much but if I am going to snack I often have dates which I'll sometimes have with nut butter if I have nothing else but I love dates with cheese or cream cheese or on a cracker I love crackers I always 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 have crackers in the house so if I am hungry I'll always go for that and recently I've actually always had cucumber in the house too and I feel like if I've got like a corn thin and a big block of cheese and cucumber I can like put that on my corn thin and eat that. So I do that quite a lot. And I sometimes even do that for lunch if I'm super busy. I also quite like to have hummus in the house. I eat that a lot. And yeah, nut butter, spoonfuls of nut butter. Always, always a fave of mine. Cheese is a good one. Yeah. I would have just straight up seen chunks of cheese. I always have cheese in the house. Actually, pickled onions. Super high calorie, so it hits the spot, fills you yeah, up. Yeah, pickled onions I often have, and I'll have that like with some cheese too. Um, yeah. I hope that helps. Sorry, I probably should have given this more thought before I came on live and started trying to think of snacks. (laughs) Alex had sent me the message being like, I might talk about, uh, you know, I'll I'll read these out. These are the letters this week I'm going to talk about. I didn't pre-read it and I wish I had because that made me tear up. That was the nicest message. I'm so, so sorry for what you're going through. And to hear that is very, yeah, that's such a lovely message. Thank you. Um, Yeah, thank you so much. Moving over with law. So my understanding is that you because it's commonwealth country moving from new zealand you don't need to sit the bar you don't need to re-qualify or retrain to be a solicitor here to become a barrister to go to court you would need to sit the bar so i'm a solicitor i work in-house uh, our other close friends are either in-house or these solicitors they can instruct barristers i think even appear in the lower court but not the higher court so it's super super easy to come over there are so many recruiters set up for it. Please like message us and I can send you some names and send you people I've worked with who have been fantastic. And yeah, depending on what kind of law you do now, what you want to do. I I, I don't know how complicated or how, how expensive or difficult the, the requalifying process is here, but I mean, I'm sure it, it wouldn't be too bad if you did want to be a barrister, but it's a, it's been a very, very straightforward transition. I just have in my email signature as solicitor qualified in New Zealand sort of thing. But I can, as long as you're renewing your practicing certificate, you can give legal advice um, and everything is is basically pretty straightforward. It's so good. It's such an easy transition to come over and still practice law over here because I know it's not the case for everything. Like I think it's more complicated for doctors and nurses. Nurses, definitely. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure about doctors. Yeah. So yeah, we really hope that helps just as a side note, just because I think it's funny. Apparently the barristers over here have like a really, really, really posh barrister accent and they're often like super upper class and they speak in this like super posh British accent in court. And I've always, I've heard the stories from people um, who are solicitors, but I really want to go into court one day and just listen to them speak in their super, super posh accent. That is so far up your street. The plummy, like very much yeah, the Queen's English. Yeah. They, instead of saying like, oh, they say, oh. Yeah, totally. <laughs> hey, instead of hello. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for writing in. We so appreciate it. 
Next message. Hi, gals, loving the pod. I'm from Ireland, but would love to go to Glastow next year slash in the future. Can you please explain on the pod the process of registration and getting tickets, anything I need to know, etc. Thanks a mil. I love how the Irish say thanks a million. It's my favourite thing they say. It's so good. Thanks a million. Um, so Glastonbury, you need to sign up. I would do it now because registrations will close at some do point. I, I think they'll close in October, I'd say, or even September. Um, so you basically go onto the Glastonbury registration. You'll need to upload a photo of yourself and they sort of have like requirements on there for what the photo needs to be. Get yourself registered. It takes a while to get approval. So they do actually check and check that you're a real person and that your photo matches your ID and your address and all that sort of thing. I would put whatever your address is as an address you're going to be at for a long period of time or somebody's address, like your parents' address that aren't going to move anytime soon because they will yeah. send your tickets there and people have issues where they're living in a flat, use that address as their registration and then their tickets get sent there and they're no longer living Such there. point. Because remember, you'll be getting your tickets posted to you a few weeks out from the festival, yeah. which is not until end of June next year. So yeah, think about what address you use. And the way we've always done it to get tickets for our friends is we've created like a huge spreadsheet that somebody mans and you get yourselves into groups of six. And then in that spreadsheet, you'd have your name, your address, your Gla- Glastonbury registration number. And then everybody's trying to get on. It's a big syndicate. Yeah. Once you get on, you would obviously prioritize your own group. You select that you want six tickets, go through into everybody's details, which is why it's so important to have the Glastonbury registration number and your postcode super accurate on that spreadsheet so that when it goes through, it does process and isn't like, oh, you've got an error. And then often once you've got through once, you'll be able to get through again. And so then you keep trying after you've done your group and you keep trying and you move to the next group and then the next group. Um, And then it also just means you've got loads and loads of people trying. So say Emma and I were in one group and I got through, did our group, and then Emma was trying and she got through. She could then buy for another group. Another thing to note is that they don't take Amex. So you will need to have cash in an account ready to go to buy the tickets. You only put down a £50 deposit. Yes. But that's still about 300 quid that you need to have to hand. Yeah, exactly. It's it's definitely a process, but it's so, so worth it. Like the best two weekends of my life have both been Glastonbury. Like it is a huge expense and outlay and pain in the ass and it's still worth it. So oh, it's honestly the best, like the best, best, best weekend. It's so much fun. And I honestly don't think the photos and videos do it justice. Like whenever you're looking at them, it's just so hard to describe the atmosphere and the feeling there. Like it's the best festival in the entire it's like world. Another, it's like another world. Like you're you're in this whole town that's been built for this festival. Everyone's chilled. There's no power and no, like people aren't on their phones. They're not recording stuff. Like it's you're very much there in the moment totally. as well because there's no power it's not like Coachella where people stay off site and come in every day for it looking bougie with all their like devices powered up. Like it's it's very it's a bit more grimy, but it's so, so, so fun. It's the yeah. Best the experience of your life, I would say it has to be on everyone's bucket list. Um yeah, so hopefully that helps, but feel free to message us if you have um any further questions. But good luck. I really hope you get tickets. And I hope everyone else who's going for tickets this year gets tickets too, because everybody deserves it. <laughs> What have you learned on social media this week? I have a big fat woman crush on Katie Porter. I saw a TikTok, I sent it to you. There's, she's this incredible woman. I don't really know what her role is, but 
I see her coming into Congress and coming in and questioning the lawmakers in America and uh, CEOs and, and like people who are in control of big pharma. Like she's absolutely incredible. This is video. I wonder if I could share it to the to the Instagram page when we put this out. Basically, she's interviewing one of the pharma CEOs and sort of saying when Revlimid was made, which is a kind of kind of cancer treatment tablet. She was like, it was $215 per tablet. And by 2020, it was $763 per tablet. And she's saying, she's interviewing this guy and she's saying, has it become, you know, four, three, four times more effective? And he was like, oh, well, it's helping more people now. And she's like, okay, cool. So more people are paying for the drug, but it has not in any way become more effective, but it has almost quadrupled in price. And the guy is just absolutely stumped. She's incredible she sounds amazing she holds them accountable katie porter she's someone i also would love to have over for dinner and she there are other ones where she's uh she's questioning them on apr and on interest not my remit but she's asking them to people who are watchdogs and in charge of explaining apr and interest rates to the american people who don't even understand it themselves and clearly don't really care and she's just fantastic and Everyone should go and look her up and support her. My one this week's uh, much less educational than yours. But I realised just from watching social media this week that Americans say Buckingham Palace. <laughs> and I'm like, it's not called that. Like, have you, surely you've listened enough to when an English person says it that it's Buckingham Palace. Buckingham. Buckingham, not. not- Buckingham. Buckingham. Like, what are you thinking? <laughs> and it's also interesting how I thought about this afterwards, how the Brits say Amazon instead of Amazon. And similarly, I'm like, the Americans invented it. Have you ever heard them say it? They're like, Amazon, not Amazon. I'm like, it's Zon. Amazon. But that's the same as what, what do we go to that people say differently? Um, it's not. It's not the polo. Oh, uh, Ascot. Ascot, not Ascot. But that's fine. If if you if you invent it, you can say it however you want. But if you've if another country has invented it, listen to how they say it and copy it. But maybe they maybe they, that's how they'd say the Amazon River. But are you saying they should say it differently for the different brand? Well, I'm sure they would say Amazon River, but it's also not in their country, so they need to learn listen to how <laughs> whoever's country it is says it and then yes i agree you know i mean they're not the biggest respectives respecters of like native autonomy no but like surely would they would say. listen to like a british news outlet say buckingham palace and then they would think oh i'm saying it wrong when i throw a ham in there but anyway <laughs> that's what i learned on social media this week and it's been living rent free in my head and really irritating me now every time i hear it i love that Thank you. Now it's going to irritate all of us as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Enjoy, guys. Our final section, what's your takeaway? I think I've actually touched on this one before, which I only realised five minutes before the start and I didn't have time to change it. But my husband's a huge fan of this proverb and he reminded me of it earlier in the week where time gives you perspective. And the proverb is basically this farmer, I don't know, has like an amazing season where there's loads of sun and all his crops grow and blah 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 and everybody's like I'm so jealous of you you've made all this money and he's always like I'll just see like you know don't get too excited we'll just see what happens and then the sun has damaged his land and he can't grow anything the next season I don't know that's not really how it goes but basically 
never get <laughs> never get too excited to eat of the game. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> Don't count all your eggs. I think just time gives you perspective on everything. And if you're really caught up in something or something's not going your way or is going your way, just try and remember that things change with time um, and just to sit patiently. Yeah. And it doesn't feel like it, but time does actually heal 90% of wounds. Yeah, exactly. And you know what? We've got quite a similar one this week. Mine is um, look at the big picture. Love that. Love I get that. So I get so caught up. And often like life's really busy and I get caught up and this is next, this is next, this is next. And very rarely will I sit down and, and you know, a therapist is like, do you just sit down and take some deep breaths and like take some time out for you to decompress? And I was like, no. It's the next thing. It's the next thing. She was like, you, I'm very like, busy. <laughs> caught up in it too. I don't let myself step back. And it's actually a really good thing to do. Even say for your career, like look at where you want to be in 50 years and work back from there. Not like these steps that I take in my head like this, this without like a long-term like image of what it will look like in the future. I think, yeah, big picture, have a look at the big picture and then sort of zoom in and stay there caught up in the sort of minutiae of day-to-day life, which is what I do. Because I love life that. Passes, Bird's eye view. Life passes so fast when you're caught up in the next hour, the next hour, the next hour. Like if you look at things long-term, I think you it gives you yeah more perspective. Definitely. I also think it actually helps you to be a bit more chilled and like calm and rational as a human being if you're sort of always stepping 100%. out of the detail because the details is always what's complicated. But if you can step back from that and be like, okay, actually what's the bigger picture here it, it really relaxes you exactly what will i care about in a year not this couldn't be me to think Definitely. about that in like a big picture perspective or if you are getting caught up just imagine yourself winning the euro millions it's <laughs> <laughs> so funny not even picturing yourself like on a beach in saint Tropez, just opening the ticket up and be like wow. just the win <laughs> just all in baby that's all we need anyway we are well over time guys sorry i think it's gonna be quite a long episode today but hopefully you're yeah. still with us by the end and if you are <laughs> thank you so much for listening once again um feel free to send all your messages into takeaway pod on instagram or takeaway podcast at gmail.com we absolutely love getting them i know i always say that but i honestly can't tell you how much we do love it so thank you it's so fun it, it thank really you is guys bye, bye.